Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations. Today's guest is Gabby Villa. She's a dietitian and a sports nutritionist. She helps endurance athletes get race ready, but she also um, talks nutrition and really was very informative as far as people that aren't necessarily sports oriented um, and are just looking into nutritional health and just well-being. So um, hopefully you guys will like the episode. I I really enjoyed her. She's super sweet. If you want to uh, submit any suggestions or stories, or if you'd like to be on the podcast, just reach out to me at conversations at gmail.com or you can find me on social media at Conversations Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And I'd love it if you'd leave me a review. On Spotify, you can leave me five stars. Or on Apple, you can do stars as well as reviews. And I'd appreciate it very much. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. Hey Dawn, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, going well, all good. Oh my gosh, I love your accent. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) How long have you lived there in Australia? I've been here for six, with over six years actually. Okay, where did you live before that? Mexico. Okay, well you sound like you have an Australian accent. Did you pick that up? I mean, that, that quickly? Yeah, I'm guessing a lot of people say that. I actually like <laughs> recently went to visit my family and because we are so close to the US, we often go shopping. And the lady at the cashier was uh, asking some questions and I was responding and she was like, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Mexico. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, like your accent is so different. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's it's beautiful. I love it. Um, oh, so, thanks. Um, so what made you move to Australia? So I came to do a master's degree in 2016 uh, in a master's in exercise and health. I finished that in 2017, but I met the love of my life here. So ended up staying a little bit longer. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. So what got you into um, the whole sports nutrition and everything? Were you an athlete all growing up? Not necessarily an athlete. Well, actually, I should say, okay, I often complain with my clients when they don't think they are an athlete. When I mean, to me, someone who is an athlete is someone who is active, committed to their sport, and uh, essentially, they just love what they are doing. So yeah, I guess I was an athlete. (laughs) Um, So uh, yes, I grew up in a family who is always being keen in, I guess, a sport. So growing up, I was involved in so many different sports. The one that eventually ended up being one that I did for longer was swimming. And from there, I, I, was, I was seeing how good a sport was, I guess, in my life, in my siblings' lives. To me, a sport is something that, is, it's something that helps you get more responsible and uh, look after your body and be, I don't know, for example, in my case, it was like, all right, I need to finish my homework because otherwise I can go training. So things that, I don't know, I was seeing a sport having such a big influence that to me was, it was something I really want to stay involved in. And when it came the time to choose a career, 
I, I wasn't sure I wanted to be a coach, which was one of the paths about, I guess, being involved in a sport. And then I saw that the dietetics degree, uh, especially in the university where I completed it, had a very big component of uh, sports nutrition and how uh, exercise and health have a big influence in, I guess, overall well-being. Um, so, so that's how I ended up being involved with that uh, degree, I guess. And from there, like from day one, I, I, I was 100% sure I, I wanted to become a sports dietitian, essentially. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I love it. It's been amazing the whole time. Well, I wonder why it is that um, doctors in general don't focus a lot on nutrition. You know, that you have to actually go to school for that alone to learn so much about it because it does play a factor in, in our lives, even as not athletes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for everybody, I feel like we're getting to a point where it can be a little bit conflicting when when people are starting to think that we can fix everything with food, I guess. And it's it it's not necessarily like that. You definitely need a well-nourished body to keep up with with life's <laughs> what life life throws at you. But that doesn't mean that medicine doesn't have a role to play in in all this. Uh, but yeah, definitely, it's it definitely is important. Has a big role. Same with physical activity. We our bodies are meant to move, uh, but I guess we we've been thrown in this idea that we must exercise uh, and like I don't know, sweat the whole time and be panting, otherwise you're not doing it right. And that I feel like discourages a lot of people from actually enjoying it. Because there are so many different ways you can enjoy moving your body without just like feeling like you're going to to die every time you're doing it. <laughs> and you're so right, too. My husband is huge into cycling. He, he rides his bike everywhere. And I am the exact opposite. I just am lazy. I don't. And it's because I feel like that's what you have to do. You have to work your body to its absolute limit in order to get any benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like that at all. There are so many other different things that I, I when people ask me like, oh, what is the best ex exercise to do? Uh, I often respond is whatever you enjoy. At yeah. the end, if you love dancing, if you love yoga, uh, just like doing, I don't know, even playing with the kids and things like that, that's movement. And that's great. Yeah, just keeping moving. That makes sense. Something that you'll consistently stick with. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, I saw when I was reading your bio that you have um, some sport nutrition myth busting. And I definitely want to go there because I'm sure that's probably going to take care of the majority of my questions <laughs> that I have is things that we all hear and believe that you can probably say, no, that's not true. Um, but what is the best way for, for someone to eat if they are trying to have better endurance? or if they're going to be out there doing their exercise for a long period of time? So there are, I guess, three core components that I see in terms of endurance and nutrition. The first one is uh, what I call as core, which is what you're eating day to day. And that, that pretty much, let's say, doesn't change drastically from someone who is not as active. It's ensuring your body has sufficient energy. It's ensuring your body has sufficient nut, like all the essential nutrients. So essentially that your body is well nourished. So from there, the additional demands you are asking, which is like going for a very long run or a very long bike ride and things like that, your body is able to cope because there's already 
the basics are covered, let's say. The next thing is the part of training, which is, all right, let's ensure that you're, you have energy to go for that very long bike ride. So for some people, especially depending on how they've been progressing, um, they, let's say, have breakfast and then they forget that potentially they will need to eat something along that ride to ensure that their body still has energy as they are moving. And with that, I guess to broadly answer the question, I feel like there there is so much fear to carbohydrates right now. And for an endurance athlete, carbohydrates are indispensable. We we need them because our body relies on carbohydrates as our primary source of fuel that is uh, easily available and that is like super efficient. So someone who is restricting their carbohydrate intake is someone who won't uh, be able to keep up with the rate of the activity at the same pace as someone who is eating carbohydrates at the right time as well. And I guess that the third component to that is for someone who is looking at racing. That's when we uh, look at what they are going to do for that race and how they are fueling their body for it. So I guess those are like the three components for someone who is, let's say, active. We can stay with component one and two. <laughs> right. Then, like someone has the race. That's the third one coming in. Um, so if if they are um, going at full capacity, are they burning fat or are they burning carbs? There is uh, most of the higher the intensity of the activity, the, the more likelihood you are using carbohydrates. The, you're, you're still using fat to a certain degree. It's not like the, the fat uh, fuel, it's shut down and you don't use it. You still use it. But the majority of the energy is coming from carbohydrates. However, we have a very limited uh, capacity to store. So if the, you, are, you are going at high intensity for a long period of time, it comes to a point where your body runs out of, runs out of it unless you are consuming carbohydrate along the way. So you have, let's say, a sports drink or the energy gels or a bar or something else that is supporting with that energy availability as well. Yeah. Yeah. My husband, he eats like these fig bar things. He was doing cliff bars. Are those, mm. are, well, I, you probably can't say names, but are some <laughs> nutrition bars like not a good idea? Is it better to have a piece of fruit or something instead? Oh, uh, no, not necessarily to me. Like, and I mean, I don't, I'm not affiliated to any brand. <laughs> so yeah. I don't have any issues mentioning any, but yeah, I think to me, the way I see that these are sports products, or at least when I when I see energy gels, energy bars, and things like that, I can see how they're at least. I mean, I don't know if this is being naive or not, but analyzing the products, I can see how there's from the manufacturer there's a genuine interest in the athlete getting enough energy without having any gut upset. So right. to me, these products are good. If we try and do it, let's say, oh, I need to do it through natural food which is something that a lot of people advocate for, or like are concerned of. It's like, oh, I'm eating too many processed foods. The thing is that that's, it's a, there's a difference in, 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 in what we're doing there. And yes, it is possible to, let's say, okay, let's eat bananas and let's make rice cakes, uh, homemade rice cakes and things like that. And it's possible to fuel the body potentially at the same rate. The problem is that, for example, if you look at that fig bar, uh, I'm guessing is relatively small compared to a large banana. 
So I'm sure that your husband goes cycling and he can fit, let's say, four of those bars in his pockets. Whereas fitting four bananas, <laughs> I guess it's possible. Well, like it, it takes the space. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it a little bit more complicated. So that's the thing with these things, they are convenient as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in terms of energy bars, I often look at being high in carbohydrate, being low in fat, being low in fiber, uh, which sometimes is, is hard to find in the commercial brands. As in, if I go to a supermarket and I look at the... Uh, granola bars there it's likely that a lot of them are going to be very high in fiber and high in fat because that's usually the trend towards if I'm hungry I want to eat something like that that one that will keep me satisfied for longer whereas if I'm exercising I need something that my body can absorb extremely quickly so I can keep moving Uh, so yeah that's that's why it's different wow Uh, so do you believe in uh, supplementation that's a, and that's a, that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess one thing is this is sports food, which is the sports drink, the energy gels, all things these that are giving us carbohydrates, essentially. And when we talk about supplements, there are so many out there. And what is, I guess, I don't, I don't know if ironic or funny is that the number supplements that actually work and actually have evidence of being of benefit, particularly for endurance athletes, which is my field, is mm-hmm. so, so limited. And what, what I find is even, I don't know if saying funny, but also uh, I guess it, it doesn't help them, is that the ones that have the most evidence are caffeine and bicarb soda. So those are things that I can just go to the shops and afford in like super, super cheap way. I don't need to go to a supplement store <laughs> right, right, to find them. So it's it, that's why I, I do understand that obviously, well, they need to make a living and, and, and make it attractive. But when it comes to things that are actually validated and actually supporting athletes, the, the range is quite limited. And there are some that, let's say, for example, uh, with caffeine, that's very good for endurance. I mean, they are producing some, pro- like they are making some products that have, let's say, the carbohydrate and the caffeine at the same time. So that's something I look at. It's like, all right, this is giving me the two things I need. I'm going to, I know I need to use during that event or activity. So let's see if this is helpful. Uh, others, other supplements that I guess are helpful could be, it could be protein powders. In that case, my recommendation is for people who have, I guess, are struggling to get the protein in another way. So, for example, someone who is finishing their training session and then they need to head to work and they don't have time to stop home for breakfast. Usually it's easier to get carbohydrate. I don't know, you get a piece of bread, you get a a muesli bar or something like that. And the protein is not as easy as like just grabbing something that is convenient and going won't go off you can just i don't know in the middle of summer have a container with i don't know boiled eggs in your car because that's not going to go well right right uh, whereas it's it's convenient to be like all right i have this protein powder here i can just add water mix it and there's my protein that's when it's great but i don't see a role of that coming instead of for someone who actually can have the eggs and have the chicken or or other sources of protein i'm not saying that it has to be animal sources there are also um uh, plant-based options that that someone can consume to act to get that protein as well. Yeah, I've noticed it's kind of been uh, coming up a lot more often recently about 
athletes, like really um, well-known athletes that are plant-based. Do mm. you, do you buy into a lot of that or do you have a lot of your athletes that are plant-based? I actually, yeah, I would say that half of them are probably plant-based and it's not something that it's obviously they came to me already being plant-based uh, athletes. So right. it's just me helping them with their diet. So that way they can get the most out of it and ensure that their performance is still at top. So no, there's nothing, I don't have anything against that, uh, I guess, way of eating. I I do see that for someone who is not avoiding animal products, it's possible, it's easier to get certain nutrients. So that's why I, for someone who is not in a plant-based lifestyle, I don't discourage the, that intake. Sure. I do see how we as a population are eating way more meat than we need to. So yeah, we definitely need to reduce that. And when it comes to endurance, for someone who is plant-based, they actually are not missing in, in many things, is missing out on, on many things. There are just particular that we need to be a little bit more careful of or potentially supplement depending on the person. Uh, but in most cases, almost everything is available through the food options that they, they are able to consume. That's interesting. What do you mm -hmm. think are the essential ingredients that should be in, in most people's meals? In general? Well, we could say athletes first and then yes, in general. <laughs> so I guess the way, the way I like to see uh, the food groups, I like to splitting them into three categories. So I call them energetics, builders, and regulators. When I talk about energetics, I'm talking about anything that has carbohydrates or fats. Uh, carbohydrates, yeah, like I guess whole grains. And we're talking about like potatoes, pasta, rice, oats, things like that. Fats, we're talking about olive oil, nuts, seeds, avocado, those things. Mm -hmm. So those are your energetics and then they are giving your body energy, essentially. Uh, then there's a group of the builders. The builders is anything that is giving you protein. So that's where we have the dairy, where we have the meats, where we have uh, the fish, where we have the legumes as well. And builders, because essentially the proteins are giving your body structure and function. And then we have the group of the regulators, which are, to me, things that are giving us fiber uh, and vitamins and minerals. And that's where I have fruits and vegetables. So when I speak to people about how they can balance their meals, I see like, look, as long as your plate has all three of these, we're, we're good. So okay. you are, let's say, preparing a smoothie in the morning. So you have oats, there's your energetic, you add milk, there's your builder, and you add the strawberries, there is your regulator. You want to have a lunch uh, that is also balanced. All right, let's get some bread. That's your energetic. We can put some, I don't know, a sliced turkey. There's your builder. And we have a beautiful like uh, spinach leaves and tomatoes and some avocado and that, that like you have it already balanced again. So when I guess when I look at essential like is ingredients that need to be there, I often encourage people to try and have all three of them. Depending on who I'm talking with, there, there comes a point where we need to change, I guess, the ratio. In some cases, we need to increase those energetics because it's someone who is training twice a day, is doing very strenuous activity. They definitely need additional carbohydrates. So we increase that proportion. But but yeah, that's I guess that's how I like to see them. 
Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And even if you're not training, that seems like that would be a good way to make your plate too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like when I, when I'm invited to do, I guess, wellness presentations for people who are not necessarily athletes, I, I, I share exactly the same thing. And to me, it's very important to highlight that carbohydrates, whether you're an athlete or no, is something that your body needs. So there's no need in restricting them. Yes, you're going to need them in less quantity compared to someone, as I said, that is training so, so much, but your body still needs that energy. Just by having this conversation, our brain is using glucose just by like doing this right now. So right. There, we can't just assume that because we're not as active, we just need to like essentially eliminate them. Yeah, I know. And they have gotten such a huge stigma with them. And it's like, you just want to have a potato and not a can of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> I mean, it seems like, you know, the carbs in general, people are like, oh, I can't have any carbs or I have zero carbs a week or whatever. It's like, that doesn't seem right. Especially mm. if people aren't eating fruit. If they're cutting out fruit, to me, that's scary. Yeah, that as well. Exactly. And yeah, and that's something I forgot to mention when, when I talk about my model for energetics builders regulators. Most of these things are giving you a little bit of the other one. So legumes do have carbohydrates. Fruit also has carbohydrates. Right. Uh, obviously, all the other ones also have vitamins and minerals. But to me, that's a way of grouping them in a way that makes it obvious for people so they can balance their meals. But if you're having bread, it, it doesn't have anything else but, but carbohydrate. That's not, that's not it. Right. Uh, what do you think about gluten? Do you think gluten is bad for people? Is that something good to give up? No, not necessarily. Unless someone has an intolerance, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Okay. Uh, there actually was a time in my life where I was so much into, I guess, dieting that I ended up going down this path of, oh, I'm going to avoid gluten. So I stopped eating anything with gluten for, I think, two years. And nothing changed <laughs> <laughs> apart the only thing that changed was me missing out on i guess patties my friends being all concerned about inviting me over for a dinner or something and not knowing what to give me uh there was this extremely funny scene with a friend who uh their family makes this uh corn tortillas well yeah corn tortillas but they taste a little bit different uh they taste really, really nice. And we're at the, at the table and I'm eating these tortillas because corn tortillas, they don't have gluten. Right. And then we are like, someone asked like, all right, tell us what is the secret ingredient? We need to know what's in these tortillas because they taste so good. And the lady is like, oh yeah, I put flour in them. <laughs> <laughs> Silence. And everybody immediately <laughs> looked at me. I was like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. That's so funny. Yeah. And and you're not the first person that I've talked to about different diets and stuff that has said that people are worried about if they're coming over to their house, what are we going to make? What are we going to make? It's like, don't make it complicated, you know, just yeah. give me some protein and some, you know, salad and I'm good to go. It doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah, definitely. But no, I feel like, I mean, and, and yeah, when it comes to gluten, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I feel like famous carbohydrates and the thing I see is that we keep trying to find the thing that is causing whatever right. we want to put there. So 
it's carbohydrates, it's fats, it's gluten. Now fruits and vegetables, there's this like the carnivore diet. Now the issue is because we're eating fruits and vegetables is a problem. Uh, so, and then when once you understand nutrition and how how the body works and how nutrients are indispensable, it's hard to see like, oh, it's this thing because everything is contributing to this beautiful system, which is our body to work properly. And the the most amazing part is how our body can regulate itself in a way that if something is not required, it either doesn't use it or like even sends the signals to let you know that we shouldn't be consuming that, but we just ignore them. We are like, oh, uh, we are so used to, I guess, ignore our hunger or because we are suppressing certain things, our body starts essentially sending conflicting messages so yeah I'm, I'm i'm leaning more towards a more i guess i don't want to say intuitive but sort of in a way that we it's it's listening to our body being aware i think of being aware of of the key role nutrition has what are the essential nutrients how we can achieve balance and for all right doing our best for our body to have that and then just doing giving our body that and then shutting up and listening that's i feel like the best approach of like all right let's see what's going on let's see how this responds and from there we keep adjusting do you suggest keeping some type of journal then like what what you're eating like a food diary not necessarily no i feel like that's something i i very rarely do with my clients and when we do it is because we're about having some gut issues uh, if they are having some stomach upset or something sure. going on, that's when we do the journal and we are like to explore. All right, let's see what you're eating and start identifying the trends of what could be causing this. But for anybody else, I I don't like that. I guess tracking because it 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 essentially is disconnecting you from your body again. Sure. Like you are relying on this uh, tracker or this calculator to tell you how much you are meant to eat when the best way of knowing how much you're meant to eat is, is, is listening, is paying attention if you, are, if you are hungry, if you are tired, if you are lacking energy, if you are cranky, all these things are signals that the body is sending saying, hey, I need a little bit more. Um, and it is, it is important, once again, to do it, I guess, if we are eating in a balanced way. It's very hard for, for us to, to, I guess, listen to these signals if, for example, or most of the things we're eating are uh, focused in a particular food group. It's hard for the body. It's hard to tell like, oh, maybe I'm lacking, I don't know, iron or something like that, because obviously it's not, it's not as obvious in that sense. But if we are, if we know that we're eating in balance, it's, it's easier to notice it. Yeah. And I feel like athletes are so in tune with their bodies just, they just know, like my husband does at least. And I hear that from a lot of other people that are really active, that they know if they're getting a headache, that they are dehydrated. They just need some water, you know? And it's just like, not everybody's mm. as in tune with their bodies, I guess, as athletes are, because they're kind of forced to be. Yeah, kind of, I guess. I, I think it, it's, it definitely helps to, to be able to, I guess, recognize the different body sensations and and yeah, knowing what's going on. So yeah, yeah, that's an interesting observation. I guess it there's a difference there. Yeah. So what? Um, give me a a myth 
about sports nutrition that needs to be busted? <laughs> oh, there are so many. Um, let's see. I guess specifically about endurance, there's this myth, I would say, about, uh, for example, having to eat a gel, an energy gel every 30 minutes. So as much of them, I think energy gels are amazing because they are giving us, uh, they are high in energy, they are very compact, they have a role in endurance only relying on energy gels as as your source of carbohydrates can be quite uh, harsh for the body particularly for someone who is going for a very long activity so trying to eat a what like relying on this as a way of getting sufficient energy it's 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 putting i want to say stressful like it's hard to absorb at the same at the rate that you are aiming for so i often say all right let's let's ensure that you're getting enough carbohydrate but let's sure let's make sure that there's a sports drink or a bar or something else going on or if you really want to go down the path of the energy gels let's make sure that your body is trained to eat them because you often the issue is that if someone who wants to try them and hasn't done it in training and suddenly during the race i think it'd be a good idea and it very rarely goes well oh gosh yeah, you wouldn't want to find out the hard way like that. Yes, definitely. What do you consider a long ways? Are you talking like four hours or eight hours or what? Like how many hours is considered long for needing a bunch of gels? I guess oh, I would say anything for about one hour and a half. Probably, okay, if we're, if we're going for long and saying go with so many gels probably something about three hours okay uh, and in the world of endurance there's the bar keeps getting higher and higher in terms of how long you can go um i have an athlete that i've actually uh we're having a a live session coming up and he just completed 54 hours running uh, oh so my gosh yeah and it's it's like so that's that's just sets the perspective Literally, what is long is changing meaning. Like now, I, I, if I tell him to go for a three-hour run, for him, it's just like, oh yeah, whatever. It's like going for a walk around the <laughs> around the block. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know, I was just thinking, like swimming, they burn so many calories. Those swimmers, and they're not stopping and having snacks. Well, I guess you don't see it, but it. I'm fairly certain people who have longer training sessions are at least having a sports drink or something else there. It's not as like, obviously, they don't have a sandwich waiting for them at the <laughs> other end of the pool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely. That I, I think potentially if they are swimming for more than two hours, I wouldn't be surprised if they are eating something uh, during that session. Yeah. So what was your specialty when you swam? My uh was very short distances, so I was swimming probably my the one I was the best at. When I say the best, is like the only one where I managed to qualify to a state, yeah, uh, a state event was breaststroke, and I think it was like 100 meter breaststroke, okay, uh, yeah, but yeah, like I, I definitely from there I found triathlon, not from that race, from like from swimming. And that's mm -hmm. what I've been loving the most. I've been like doing triathlon for 15 years now. Have you really? Yes. Are I you guess doing like an Ironman? When I started, that was my, my dream 
I feel like, well, I mean, this is me making assumptions, but I feel like because there's so much marketing around the Ironman and triathlon, at least for me, it was, oh my God, that's, that's what I need to do. And I remember, you know, the messenger, uh, I changed my, my username to Iron Girl <laughs> after I did my first <laughs> very, very short triathlon. So I was already seeing myself as like this Ironman athlete. Um, but now that I, that I do triathlon and I've been racing for so long, I just enjoy the other distances a lot. And I also know the commitment required for an Ironman. Uh, it's it's more than the race is all the training and the preparation required for it is quite it's quite a full-on commitment and i'm not sure if i'm ready for that uh and especially because i really really enjoy the other races so to me it's like i i would rather keep getting better at the other distances before moving on to to this huge commitment yeah it does seem like it's intense to get yourself prepared for something like that i couldn't even imagine I, um, yeah. I, just, I just had somebody on my podcast. She's a professional cyclist and she did mm -hmm. the Ironman competition. And she said the hardest part for her was getting herself psyched up to do the running, you know, cause if that's not your thing, it's not your thing, but if it's, if it's a part of it, if you want to be able to compete, you have to do it all. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I feel mm -hmm. like, I mean, to me right now that I have a race in December and right now we're in the middle of winter here in australia i feel like for me the hardest part is getting out of bed in the morning and still going for that bike ride even though it's dark it's wet it's cold you yeah. really don't want to do it no <laughs> it's like, well you better do it because that race is coming up very soon yeah how far away is it for you uh let's say four months a little okay. bit less than four, four actually like three months and a half uh so it's the i guess the bulk of the training is starting to get yeah, to the point where I it's I wouldn't say it's is bad to miss a, a training session, but they are becoming more and more important. So do you train every day? Yes, pretty much. For how long? Uh, it depends. So at least well, not at least, but three times a week, that's one hour and a half. Uh running is usually at least uh one hour when it's in the week and on the weekend it's up to two hours cycling I've been cycling probably twice a week on the weekend is close to three hours and a half almost four and during the week is like one hour and a half uh, oh my yeah. gosh are you going at full steam that whole time or do you like no okay okay that no like no lot. way <laughs> it is but no I, I the way uh, the training works is usually you are let's say at lower intensity most of the time and then there are sessions especially for example today i have a track session running and that's interval so that's that's hard um but that's if you think like if you think of all my training sessions that's the one that is probably the hardest among all of the the week so so no you don't you don't full steam every time because actually that's that's not recommended at all a lot yeah. of people think that that's the way and it the it only results in injury and people not actually progressing. Hmm. My goodness, that sounds intense. I mean, kudos to you. That's awesome that you're that you're in that amazing of shape. Do I meant to ask you when we were talking about nutrition? Do you um, buy into the whole intermittent fasting thing or no? Not really. I guess in my case because I work with endurance athletes, and once again. 
uh, a lot of them have a similar schedule to mine. So yep. people who train very early in the morning, who train late in the evening, and asking them to do a fasting where they actually have to go to their swim session without eating. And then they finish the session and they are still not allowed to eat because the fasting has to start like a stop at 12 right. at noon. It's impossible. And, and it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah, not be good. When you look at it, there's absolutely no benefit in doing that. So that's why, yeah, I don't have anyone I would be encouraging to to try it. And I do have people who, let's say, have the the ability to flip their day upside down in order to feel fit this fast. Then what's the point? It's like that's when I ask, like, all right, why do you want to do this? It's like, oh, it's just that I want to be uh, fitter and I want to be healthier. It's like, well, we can achieve all those things without you doing fasting. We hundred yeah. percent can achieve that through obviously being like uh, having quality training sessions. Uh, you making sure your body's well nourished, having enough energy, being strategic about when and how you are eating in terms of the, the things that you're having a specific at a specific times for your training. That is going to be uh, give you bigger benefit than just fitting your intake within certain hours of the day. Right. That makes sense. Oh, I learned so much from you, Gabby. this was so interesting and I know my husband's gonna love it because he's just like yeah I need to know what I'm supposed to eat and when and all that so um he'll really enjoy listening to all this information so thank you so much for your time oh no worries Don. it was a pleasure and yeah always happy to have a chat I can go for hours talking all (laughs) well I want try huddling and running right I want you to promote yourself where can people find you if they want to learn more Sure. So uh, my Instagram account is at Intense Eat Fit. Uh, my website is the same, IntenseEatFit.com. I have a free quiz available for who's interested in, in uh, understanding whether they are fueling their body correctly, especially, I guess, for endurance athletes or even anyone who is active. Uh, if you go to IntenseEatFit.com, you'll see the, the quiz there. And it's uh, you answer 30 questions and at the end you get a PDF report with your results and recommendations on, on how to improve. Oh, that's awesome that that's available, especially for free. Yeah, yes, yeah, all there for you. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Gabby. I appreciate all your time and uh, I'll reach out to you again soon. Sounds good, Don. Thank you. Thank Talk you. you bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye. Thank you.